I'm out 40 here. So we talk a lot about politics on this show and what's the point of politics? What's the purpose of politics? What's uh, what's the purpose of life? You know, what the heck are we doing here? Ken Brown, aka Deep Left Jerkle, is not afraid to ask these deep questions. And uh, he recently did a video delving into these profound matters, and I think it, it raises some important points. So here we go. CS says, for you, politics only seems to mean method, not goal or purpose. Always talks about power and method, but never what to do with that power. So the definition for me of politics is the organization of people. That's all politics is. In a sense, you can think of politics as the mechanics of society. So if I'm a mechanic, I know how a car works. I know how to fix a car. You can't go to a mechanic and say, I'm going on a road trip. Where should I go? Oh, you don't know where I should go? I'm taking this comment very... Okay, so politics is a way of organizing people. I I think that undersells it. Politics is how you try to ensure the survival of your people. Politics is how you protect yourself, those you love, protect your interests, and maybe even protect uh, principles and ideas, but primarily it's about protecting a particular people. my, My worldview is that we're born into the world as members of nations and tribes. And the normal natural thing is to connect particularly strongly with members of your group and to want to love and protect members of your group against threats to your group. And that's the whole point of politics, is noticing the enemy coming into view when the enemy threatens your annihilation. Harshly. And I'm basically agreeing with it. I'm saying, yes, politics is the method of power. Goal or purpose is something completely different from politics. And this is a... That's bizarre. Goal and and purpose is is something completely different from from politics. Politics is about preserving those you love. Politics is about protecting your people, protecting the interests of your people, maybe even protecting the the ideas and the values of your people, but primarily protecting the way of life of your people, protecting your people from enemies who wish to annihilate them. It's not that complicated. So yeah, there is a purpose to, to politics. The fundamental distinction that is real, but people confuse it, and people confuse it because they delight in delusion. They delight in obscuring the difference between politics and morality. They delight in confusing the distinction between ontology and deontology. They delight in presuming that a good mechanic is good at deciding stops on a road trip. These are entirely... Okay, this is just bizarre. All right. It's like he's asking, what's the purpose of family? And then saying, oh, it's all about metaphysical certitude. So ontology and deontology, these are metaphysics, which are of interest to philosophers, right? And uh, ontology is is about the, the nature of being, right? But it's not really necessary to understanding politics. So right, ontology versus deontology, you know, what's the difference, right? Ontology is philosophy, it's a branch of metaphysics that addresses the nature of being, while deontology is the ethical study of duties, obligations, and rights, with an approach focusing on right and wrong actions 
themselves and not on the goodness or badness of the consequences of these actions. Different things. Understanding politics, describing politics. To me, I read this comment and it's it's like a defeated, it's an admission of defeat. It's like, okay, uh, yeah, so, well, you seem to know a lot about politics, but what would you do if you were king of America? Which I've argued against many times. We should not engage in this form of hypothetical speculation. It's almost as if I if I walked up to you and, and you said to me, you know, I know how to get girls. I'm going to get all the girls, you know, and, and I say, how are you going to get that? Well, I'm a supreme gentleman and I'm going to be very nice to them and I'm going to stare at them. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, that's not a good method of, you know, uh, obtaining relationships or however you want to think about that. Um, you know, here's a method that would work for you. First of all, you need to work on your social skills. You need to, you know, approach people. You need to develop male friendships. You need to take uh, criticism. You need to work out your own psychological issues. You kind of sound narcissistic. You kind of sound like you lack self-criticism. Um, maybe you need to, maybe you need to metaphorically or even physically get in some tussles. You need to test your own strength. You need to kind of, um, uh, realize that you're, you don't just deserve women. You kind of need to do things to earn that that kind of admiration and attraction, that equality you need to develop. And so I give you all these methods and you say, hmm, you seem to have all these uh, methods. You, think, you seem to understand all these methods about women, but um, you know, what I don't see you doing is drawing pictures of big breasted anime girls. And uh, you know, what I don't see you doing- Okay, so these comparisons just don't really cut it. I mean, they're absurd is telling me what you want you know i don't see you obsessing over the end goal of what you want all you seem to have is all these tools about methods of how to gain power but you're not telling me whether you prefer redheads or brunettes and you're not telling me you know and you're not no uh deep left jerk call okay ken ken brown apparently won't talk to jews and he won't talk to anyone who platforms jews not sitting around and glued to a computer screen you know watching pornography um that seems to be a problem like i'm being very snarky and being very cruel no, you're not being stocky, you're not being cruel, you're being stupid and ridiculous. But I feel like I have to, I feel like I have to, because implicit within the question, the person is asking me for their goal and purpose for their life. And I've said this many times. No, they're not asking for a goal and purpose for their life. They're asking you what you would do with power, right? Do you actually want to do anything or do you want to have real world significance? Do you, you know, stand for anything? Right? It's a basic question. What would you do with power? I would protect my people. I would try to advance the interests of my people. I would try to advance and protect the, the values that uh, I've, I've learned from, from my people. It's a really simple question. should come with a really simple answer. Do, do, do you love your family? But, I mean, Ken seems to be so disconnected from reality. He doesn't seem to be connected to real people doesn't really seem to have many you know genuine real life connections and so he's got this desperate need for meaning and so he's retreated to metaphysics and at this absurdly young age what is he about 22 23 he is sure that he has all the metaphysical answers like he has divine truth and that's a comfort for him because what he obviously doesn't have is love in his life like he doesn't seem to love many people it seems like not many people love him or otherwise the answer of what he'd do with power or what he'd do with resources or what's the point of politics would just be obvious. It'd just be second nature. It's to protect the people I love and to protect their way of life and to advance their interests and what they stand for. Thanks that I'm not here to give you your goal or purpose for life. Once I get into that, we're getting into axiomatic, um, you know, commands and authorities. I'm not your authority, dude. I can't tell you what your goal Nobody thinks of Ken Brown or Deep Left Jerkle as their authority. 
but they just simply asked him, what would you do with power? It's a question like, what do you do for a living? Right? If you had resources, where would you spend them? Like, what do you actually stand for in the real world where people get murdered, in the real world where people get destroyed, in the real world where peoples are wiped off the face of the earth, like in the real world where there's genocide, in, in the real world where all sorts of, you know, horrible things happen. Like, do you, what would you do? Do you stand for anything? Like, do you, do you have any, like, real-life connections? Do you love anybody? That's the question. When they're asking, what would you do with power? They're really asking, do you love anyone? Is there anyone in reality who you care about and, and that you would stand up for and, and try to protect? Goal or purpose should be in life. Now, as far as what mine are, I would say serving God. I would say there are basically three domains um, of morality. There's priestly... Okay, so he says that... Uh that his purpose in life is serving God, which is is noble. And, and there are certain people who are really particularly well served with, with that kind of approach that they are there to serve God. But generally speaking, a young man right, who says his primary purpose is serving God is a young man who doesn't know love. Right? If you know love, then you would be serving God through expressing love with other people and receiving love and building love and, and forming community and uh, creating a family and uh, you know, connecting with other people and, and building, you know, real life connections. But once you have that, you don't need to retreat into metaphysical certainty that, that you have this, this divine truth, right? It can be a wonderful approach that can make uh, life better. But if this is your reflex, Right. If anyone asks, what is it you want to do with your life? What do you actually care about? And this is this is your response. That indicates that you don't know what it is to be loved. You don't know what it is to care about anyone. You are so disconnected from reality that you have this desperate need for meaning. And so you have calmed your anxiety by believing that you have metaphysical certitude. So some allusions to health problems on his channel so i have no idea what severe health problems he, he may be facing so he may you know be dealing with, with some something like very severe he, he may not have the, the ability to you know lead a normal life he, he may be you know staring staring into a dark future i i, I have no idea but this is not normal and this is in all likelihood no, highly unhealthy, right? The, the, even if you, you believe in God and you want to serve God, the normal healthy way to do that is through loving other people. Immorality, which is serving God, which to me is the only true form of morality because the, pre, the morality is the domain of the priest. But the warriors have a concept of an aesthetic form of morality, a hedonistic morality, a sensual morality, an instinctual morality. And all of these things have their origin. They have their genealogy and survival. The merchant distills through abstraction the desire for survival and look i'm all about abstracting things i'm all about uh, getting into the metaphysics of things and the philosophy of things but this is someone who's talking like he doesn't know what it's like to love people and doesn't know what absolutely no idea what human connection and living in community is about like someone who has community and 
who who cares about people doesn't really talk this way. Like when you have genuine connections with people, you'll know that uh, atheists are just as likely to be ethical people as religious people, that religious people are just as likely to be as unethical as, as anyone else. That uh, there, there are wonderful Christians out there and there are wonderful atheists out there and wonderful secular people out there and wonderful agnostics out there and wonderful Buddhists and Baha'i that, that uh, you know, wonderful, beautiful people come in all shapes and sizes and, you know, with different levels of metaphysics and no metaphysics whatsoever. Right? That's what you learn when you have genuine, you know, real life human interactions with people and you, you get close to people and you share things with people, and you rely on people, and you turn to people for comfort, and you provide comfort for others, and you are there to give someone a ride to the hospital, that you are there when someone has, has lost a spouse or lost a family member, someone who's ha had their, their business destroyed, whose prestige has been destroyed, whose you know, opportunities have, have fallen away, someone at their you know, darkest and most desperate, and you're there for them, and in turn, when things go badly for you and you suffer tremendous loss, they are there for you, all right? When you've experienced that, right, normal human friendship, right, you know that the, the metaphysics of people doesn't really matter, right? We, in the real world, we get our ethics from our ties to other people. Where we create a shared reality with other people, out of that comes not just a bond, but always an ethic, you go to yoga with a group of people every day, right? You develop an ethic with regard to those people. You go to church or synagogue regularly. You develop an ethic, right? You develop a morality around those people, right? Uh, religious people don't treat out groups any better, generally speaking, than secular people, right? Religious people have an in-group identity, and people with a strong in-group identity tend to treat other members of their in-group pretty well. And religion is one form of in-group identity. Quantifies it in terms of money and material. This is the conflict between the warrior and the, the merchant, is that the merchant, through abstraction, has alienated the warrior. And for the merchant, the, the warrior represents this kind of ancestral archetypal werewolf, this kind of, you know, Dr. Or, uh, Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll represents... And looking at the chat, is it possible for Deep Left Jekyll to be interviewed on Luke Ford Street? I, I've reached out to him several times. He just laughs at that. So... I think it'd be really interesting for the two of you to hash ideas out. I think so too, but he doesn't really want to talk to anyone who challenges him. Uh, when, when they quote-unquote challenge him, it's uh, pretty ineffective. So he, he's a young man who's very sure of himself and doesn't want to be tested. I'm going to comment on Deep Left Jokel's channel to see if you'd be willing to discuss ideas on this channel. No, he only wants to discuss ideas within a hug box. Of uh, This doesn't seem to be someone who has friends. This like Richard Spencer and Nick Fuentes seems to be someone who only has followers, but he doesn't seem to have experienced friendship. 40 getting good here. Luke, the lighting with the dark background serves you. 40 really getting into 40 theology. Good stuff, Preach. I'm going to post this stream on Cam Brown's comment section, see if he responds. Luke's studio is looking so sexy, I can hardly hear what he's saying. Yes, serious soft lighting today with darker wallpaper, very solid look. I'm going to link this stream on Jokel's Twitter page right now, see if I can get a response. Uh, believe me, he only wants to talk within his own hog box. He doesn't want to talk to anyone who challenges him. Love is only found in community. Yes. The Nazarites had to make a sin offering for taking unnecessary vows apart from the community. Yes. 
one of the precepts of Judaism is one of the precepts for leading a normal life. Do not separate yourself from the community. Ken Brown has Keith Wood syndrome, different ideology, but that at that young age, one should be struggling to understand other great thinkers, not offering up one's own thoughts. Loves means never having to say you live stream. This lack of humility demonstrates hubris and a lack of both wisdom and understanding. Yeah, when you're Ken Brown's age, what is he, 22, 23, 24? I mean, this kind of arrogance is, is unbecoming. And it's it just throws into sharp relief you know, how little of life he's experienced. Love is love, as Joe Biden says. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not neurotypical. Would you rather have love or Bitcoin? Well, it depends on how much. I would be willing to give up some love for a lot of Bitcoin. I don't like Ken Brown's impromptu emoting at bizarre angles. Give me vertigo. Don't give me vertigo while I figure out the truth. Brown rejects racialism and nationalism. Yeah, that's because he rejects being human. Hey, to be human is to love certain people and to hate those who threaten your people, right? To be human is to identify with a certain group of people, right? Nationalism is the most powerful political force in the world because it's simply your people is just your extended family. And when you know what it's like to love your family and to love your extended family, then you're a nationalist. It's the most natural human emotion in the world. He embraces something he calls minoritarianism. Left-wing liberals and socialists use the outgroup to profess a moral superiority to destroy the collectivism for the collectivism of communism. Yeah, so I, I recognize Ian Ken Brown many of my own tendencies towards preferring ideas to other people. Right? That, that's characterized much of my life. I get so excited about every comely idea that comes along that I ride, you know, roughshod over other people in, in pursuit of ideas. This uh, fascistic, uh, demonic, satanic entity that the Zoroastrians, you know, described as devils and demons. So this is the conflict between the two of them. One says, well, no, it's all about, you know, aesthetics and emotions and instincts and what you feel and your intuition. And the other says, no, it's this abstracted. And I don't believe in devils and demons. I, I don't believe that uh, Hitler or Stalin or Mao were devils or demons. They were human beings who tried to create the world in in a life to survival it's this quantitative supply of money and material but ultimately i have to ask what's the point of survival what is the point of natalism what is the point if a person asks what's the point of survival if if you've held a newborn in your arms like, if you've loved anybody, you know what the point of survival is. It's the opportunity to love people and to be loved by them and to go jogging with them and to share meals with them and go to Torah classes with them and to make live streams with them and to you know walk along the beach with them and to go to baseball games with them and to make money with them. I, I mean, this just sounds so incredibly disconnected from from, you know, all that is good and holy and healthy in life point of life, it's serving God. And God is the eternal, the perfect, and the infinite. And to me, that's what survival, evolution, that's what it is grasping towards, is God. And that's a fundamental telos of life. And we can recognize that, or we can view that as some kind of like platonic deception or something, but that's me personally. Now, if somebody wants to say that I'm wrong, or they have a different view, I don't really care. 
I don't really care because most of the time the right he doesn't really care if people say he's wrong because I I don't know Ken Brown I don't know this guy personally I'm just going off his public presentation of himself his public presentation of himself is someone who does not know love he does not know what is what it's like to be loved by someone and he does not know what it's like to love or care for people if you knew these things you would care about other people you would you would uh you'd want to know right how you were affecting other people like that's the normal thing to do when i'm speaking here right now i have certain people kind of in mind i have a sense of the people who are most important to me and the potential that they might see the stream or might hear from someone who sees the stream because i have certain community and and friends and, and family and relations who are very important to me and so i i speak from that place of connection with people i love and and who love me and and this idea that i wouldn't care what what you know anyone else says and if someone else says i'm wrong but that would just be irrelevant to me it's it's self-defeating and, and bizarre and it's it's not neurotypical it's not emotionally typical it's not humanly typical it's not human right we think so with other people on my own i don't see the weak points in my own arguments i only see the weak points in my own arguments when someone else brings them up particularly in a public setting where it could be very humiliating for me to be totally wrong right so i am strongly incentivized to be as truthful and as profound and as correct and as righteous as i possibly can because otherwise i look like a jerk and so i'm checking out the chat i i'm listening to other people's commentaries i care what other people say i have history with most of the people in the chat i have you know great respect for for many of the people in the chat i i know that they they have uh, different gifts and that they're particularly wise in different areas and so th- this notion that you don't care what other people you know say that uh, other people might have criticisms or corrections or emendations to what you say but but you're just so sure you're right uh, this is in a sense it's very typical self-confidence for someone of of Ken Brown's age So teenagers and people in their early 20s tend to have a vast overestimation of their own abilities. And it probably serves an evolutionarily adaptive function in that it, it gives them the confidence to go out into the world and to try to make something of themselves. The errors that I see in people are not having to do with, oh, well, we just have a fundamental disagreement on where our goal and purpose is. Like that that is a very boneheaded avenue for debate. You know, to say, well, you know, we have different goals and purposes. Okay, well, what are we going to do about that? There's not really much we can do. Like if if I tell you I want to serve God and you said no you should you should care about your own survival or no you should care about aesthetics and I say you know I don't or those things are below God or it's within a hierarchy um you know there's a certain point at which when you're dealing with pre-rational desires and pre-rational conceptions these concepts of what is good and- Yeah human connection is pre-rational love is pre-rational lust is pre-rational the desire to bond with people is pre-rational Loving your children is pre-rational. Loving your parents, loving your siblings, loving your people, loving your community, loving people at your shul or your church, that is pre-rational. And and it's also the very essence of life. It's what's most important in life. 
What's going to determine your happiness and your effectiveness in life more than any other factor is the quality of your interactions with other people. It's the quality of your relationships with other people. In life, um, these conceptions are, you know, based in, again, pre-rational or irrational justification, axiomatic feelings, intuitions, um, things that we felt as children. It's almost impossible to argue. And the only way that you can argue with people is within a common, agreed framework. Yeah, do, do empirical studies. There are lots of empirical studies about what affects people's morality, right? So Ken Brown here is all about the morality, what's most important is serving God. Well, we have done extensive social science research about the ethical behavior of religious people and godly people. And religious people and godly people tend, on average, to treat their in-group, members of their, their religion, better than, than average. They don't tend to treat outgroups better than average, right? So to the extent that religion makes people better, it is only with regard to fellow members of their religious in-group. And still, the, the overwhelming factor that decides how people behave is their relationships, is their connections and the situations that they find themselves in, right? We, we behave in alignment with the bonds that we form. The bonds that we form shape how we behave. It's not what you believe about God. It's not what you believe about the Bible. It's not what you believe about heaven. Japanese in their day-to-day -day life are far more moral than any Christian or Jewish country, right? And they don't believe in God. They're, they're not monotheists. They're not religious in the Western sense. Far more moral than any Christian country, any Jewish country. A common language. We both have to agree on some principles or axioms that we can refer back to and say, okay, does this concept of morality adhere to X, Y, and Z? The only way to have a moral debate, I should say the only way to have a productive moral debate, I mean, we can scream at each other, but the only way to have a productive moral debate is if we agree that there is a process of derivation of morality. That mor That's the only way to, to have, a, have a debate, like just strictly on Ken Brown's terms, anything that deviates from these very strict terms is just unacceptable. Who is really impressed by learner young men and their proclamations about serving God absent any community or congregation? Like, what does that even mean? Who should care? Right. So, Kent Brown is deeply alone in the world by all indications. I, I don't know the, the real guy. I'm just commenting on his public persona. This is not someone who knows what it's like to care about other people, have them care about him. So, he's, he's deeply alone and he's an interesting thinker. And he's, I don't, I don't find him at all toxic, but just completely disconnected from the cares and concerns of normal people whose lives are going to be primarily wrapped up in their families and their friends and their community. Life is with the people. Life is not primarily with metaphysical concepts. Moral conclusions or moral claims can be derived from more basic axioms and principles. Furthermore, we can agree on what those more basic axioms and principles are. That's essentially metaphysics, okay? And metaphysics, uh, for me, is, you know, if you're, um, if you're not, if for you, metaphysics is a silly thing, and what matters is looking cool, or what matters is having a lot of money, and I agree, those are tools. Uh, who, who says that what matters is looking cool? I mean, this is just a straw, straw man.
Right. Metaphysics is an interesting intellectual pursuit for a very tiny number of people, but it doesn't have much real-world consequence. So I know there are all these books about how the metaphysics of this or that you know, just uh, changed the world or just changed Western civilization or just doomed Western civilization. I had a friend who was always promoting uh, these ideas. No, not really. What shapes people are their bonds, their ties to other people. That we can use to serve God. But if you're saying that those are goods in themselves and that metaphysics to you seems like a big trap, it seems like a big... Uh... Yeah, yeah. This idea that loving other people is a good thing in and of itself, that uh, loving your children is a good thing in and of itself, that loving your spouse, that uh, visiting a sick neighbor, uh, helping out someone who's you know just lost a job and lost confidence that, that goes with that, uh, giving someone a, a ride to the hospital, picking someone up from the hospital. Yeah, I think those are good things in and of themselves without respect to metaphysics because I have had the pleasure of loving people. And I have experienced what it's like to care about people. Now, I may not be the most neurotypical guy. I have struggled with human connection. I have had, you know, vast deserts of loneliness. But in all that loneliness, there's been some genuine human connection. And once you experience human connection, you don't question whether, you know, good deeds are good in and of themselves. Um, you know, bureaucratic, made up fantasy world of illusions used to distract people from from what's truly valuable used to enslave people <clears throat> i i would agree with you that false metaphysical arguments can be used to achieve the aims of you know controlling people religion is used as a mechanism of control and you can reject that and say well i'm an egotist or i'm a solipsist and i just want to do what i feel is right or what i feel is best i want to do me then there's no debate worth having like if you don't believe this is bizarre. Like anyone who actually knew something about metaphysics would just tear this guy to shreds. He has his vast overestimation of his own level of learning. He's tremendously certain uh, of his ignorance and has absolutely no, no concept of, uh, of the labor of people who actually know something about metaphysics and, and how they would slice him up if he engaged, but he won't engage with anyone apparently outside of his hug box. Looking at the chat, religion only makes someone better if they draw the right things from it, put them into practice. Some people are so twisted they simply cannot draw any proper morals from religion. But even if they can't draw proper morals from religion, that's not what shapes people's moral behavior, right? It's not abstract teachings from the priest, the minister, the rabbi, or the imam. It's not reading a religious text that primarily shapes people's behavior, but shapes people's behavior is who do they love and who loves them? We should not, in assailing his extreme, take the anti-intellectual polemics route. Isn't it possible that he's just young and working through some ideas? Yes. I see Ken Brown as a reaction against a toxic culture absent any religious or community outlet. That isn't just being into family life, jobs, random community among the so-called normies, not uh, not dealing with real revolutionary ideas. Yes, right? If you love people, you're not likely to mount a revolution in most situations. I like the Ken Brown videos. Gives Luke good material to bounce off. 
I think our behavior is shaped by the stories we tell. Uh, sure, but not nearly as much as the people we love. Right? People we love are 20 times more significant to our behavior than the stories we tell. That there is, uh, if there are common principles or axioms of morality that we can agree upon, then there's no point in having the discussion. I'm not going to debate a narcissist, egoist, solipsist of their position. Ah, so if you don't accept Ken Brown's basic metaphysics, then you are psychologically deformed. You're a narcissist, you're a solipsist if you don't accept his metaphysics. And so what I'm saying is that you can't just ask a question like that of what's your morality? You won't even acknowledge, you don't even recognize. Uh, wait. Why can't you ask, what's your morality? Seems seems like a reasonable question. Not that people would know what their morality actually was. Uh, for example, pretty much every man with the opportunity to have sex with a beautiful young woman will risk absolutely everything to get it off. Right? The domain of debate that's being had when you say, well, what's your goal? What's your purpose? We have to talk about morality. And so there's so much implicit in that question where you're making me do the work of explaining. You don't even understand your own question. It's very presumptive. And so I'm doing all this work to explain this to you, and yet I'm not being... No, you're not doing all this work to explain or answer the question, what, what would you do with power, right? You're asked a very simple question, and you apparently don't really give a damn about anyone, and you're creating these you know, intellectual sandcastles in the air that have no foundation, that, that anyone with a grounding in metaphysics would, would shred you, but you've got, gone off on this delusional track, which is entertaining because it reflects the certitude of young people who don't have much learning. And, and it reflects someone with absolutely no experience of, of love. Like, if you loved your family, you wouldn't be ranting like this. If you had friends, you wouldn't be ranting like this. If you had a church community, you wouldn't be ranting like this. Being granted any kind of authority, which, okay, fine, maybe I don't deserve the authority, but I'm not even being given your concept of morality. What are your goals? What yeah, Ken Brown does look a lot like Nick Fuentes. He's very similar in personality to Nick Fuentes, right? For both Nick Fuentes and Ken Brown, Christianity is a sword. Christianity is a way that they can show they're superior to everyone else. Christianity is a way to assert that they are saved and everyone else is wrong. And, but, but, but are they willing to pay any price for their Christianity? Do they actually give up anything for their Christianity? Is, the, is their Christianity real or is it just a, an intellectual concern or is it just a sword with which they get to slash other people. Because I've known a lot of Christians and they don't usually speak this way. What are your purposes? You know, if it's so easy and it's so simple, right? You say, okay, well, you've made a 40 minute video or something on how politics works. And I'm just going to dismiss all of that saying, um, what are your goals? What are your purposes? How about turn the question back on yourself? State your goals. State your. Well, they just want to know if you care about anyone, Ken. Do you, do you actually want to make a difference for anyone in real life? What would you do with power is the most normal question in the world. Look, do you think the higher IQ someone is, the more capable they are of abstract thought, thus the more capable they are of rationalizing being a learner, the more they can convince themselves they are above the fray and of just higher quality stock? Yeah, that uh, 
That rings true. Ken uh, reminds me of Quentin Tarantino with a slight Ben Shapiro pinch. <laughs> Your purposes. Does that contradict with anything I've said? No, then I'm happy for you. If it does. So he's like uh, Richard Spencer in that he despises nationalism. Uh, and to despise nationalism really is to despise ordinary human connection, is to despise reality. The reality is that we are born into nations. We are born into tribes. And the normal thing is to care about the group that you're born into because they're just an extended family. So so Ken Brown and Richard Spencer, they both despise nationalism. They believe in rule by experts. Uh, they, they believe much more in grand sweeping metaphysical ideas than they do about ordinary human connection, building community, uh, building a good life and uh, protecting your people from threats to both their existence and to their way of life. Because if you feel that there is some kind of fundamental contradiction between my concept of the mechanisms and methods of politics and your goals and purposes, well, if what I'm saying is true, then your goals and purposes are perverse. If you're like, well, and yes, uh, Ken Brown did go on a road trip to meet people. Uh, that he did. So underneath this uh, metaphysical certitude is someone who's groping towards human connection. Well, I want to be king of America, but you, you know, your concept of politics says, you know, I can't do that. And so you're a big meanie. <laughs> and that's why you're wrong. Because, because you're, you're he, he can't deal with people's questions or responses or points as they are, he has to turn them into straw men. Because if he dealt with human reality, if he dealt with human fallibility, if he came to terms with his own fallibility, if he came to terms with his own vulnerability, we're all incredibly vulnerable. If he experienced love, then he would be speaking this way. description of morality doesn't fit my wishful thinking. Well, then you're just a baby. Well, then you're just a child in, a, in the worst sense. You're immature. We have to understand reality first before we can... <coughs> i sorry, I breathe in some grass. I'm always breathing in nature. <coughs> I need a steam bath. So before we can really say, like, I want this or I want that, like, let's say you meet a girl. And she's attractive and she seems nice. And she says, you know, what do you want in this relationship? And... Like, what can you say? I mean, you could, you could just straight up be like, I want to get married. I want to have kids. Or you can say, I just want to have fun. Or you can say, I want to get to know you. And the third one would probably be the correct answer. Unless you've already gotten to know her. Like, we're presuming, oh, she looks attractive. She seems nice. These are initial first impressions. And she says, you know, what, what kind of relationships do you want to say? The correct answer is, I'd like to get to know you. Meaning, I need to understand objectively who you are and what I'm working with. I'd like to meet your parents. I'd like to go on some dates. I'd like to figure out, you know, some of your personality. Here's a Myers-Briggs test. Please take this IQ test. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Am I? I don't know. But you need to get to know her one way or another. The idea that you're simply going to say, oh, oh, I know what I want with this girl. I just want to have fun with her. I, I want to get married or I want to have kids. The idea that you presume to know your goals and intentions and purposes previous to your knowledge of the object of affection. That's not how love works, right? You meet someone you love and you want to spend time with them and you may want to spend the rest of your life with them. You're not, you're not uh, working out metaphysical certitudes with regard to the one that you love. You're not... You're not developing like a 13-point philosophical approach to the one that you love. I think is twisted. Now, everybody has a concept, a working model of reality. Everybody does. Babies have a working model of reality. We all have a working model of reality of how material reality functions. We have a working model of... Yes, everyone has a, a different rule book. 
I have my rule book and I get upset when people don't, you know, don't follow my rule book, right? We all have a tendency to want, you know, people write them, write them up, write them, write them up tickets for, for violating our, our rule book. Luke, did you ever give a check at Myers-Briggs test on the first day? No, Myers-Briggs is bogus. Just a, a money-making scam. A presumptuous of Ken Brown to convert and correct as though conservatives are damaged goods and he is Christ's version 2, 3, and 4 walking on bottled water. <laughs> uh, Ken will coast above all of us on brain power alone. <laughs> Ken has a meaningful connection to data. Of how politics functions, even if it's crude, even if it's, you know, the Walmart cashier is telling you, ah, oh, well, the only reason it's so expensive is because Joe Biden, okay, everybody has a model of politics, right? And it can be true or it can be false. You know, we could have the bell curve with the midwits are always wrong. And then the high IQ, low IQ people are correct, whatever. Everybody has. Uh, no one says that the high IQ are always right. And, and the midwits or midwits or low IQ are always wrong. I mean, again, he can't, he can't work off reality, right? He has to create a cartoon version of reality so that he can shore up his own sense of righteousness and, and certitude. Like nobody says any of the things, any of the things that he attributes to other people, like all the things that he says that are really common approaches of other people. Nobody says these things. Nobody believes these things. He seems to be as disconnected from normal human connection as an extraterrestrial who's just visiting earth. Nobody says the things that he attributes to, to people. Nobody. The, he, he can't interact with real people. He can't interact with any challenge. He can't interact with, with reality. He has to create this, this fantasy world where all competing ideas are just utterly stupid. Because if they weren't utterly stupid... That would cause him great anxiety, apparently. And if he wasn't metaphysically sure of being right and righteous, his whole world would come crashing down because he has built everything on his desperate search for meaning. When you have love in your life, you're not desperately searching for meaning. When you have normal levels of human connection, you're not desperately searching for metaphysical certitude. As a model. So we all have models. And once we have those models, we start making goals and purposes. And what I'm saying is that people's goals and purposes are very flawed if they don't agree with me. I'm saying if, if your vision of people's goals and purposes are very flawed if they don't agree with me. I mean, the hotspur. Right? For two thirds of the population, their goal and their purpose is to love their family, protect their family, create a family, build a family spend time with their friends, earn a living so that they're not dependent on other people, spend time in community, pursue their hobbies and their interests. And those are the goals and purposes of the two-thirds of the population that, that's basically healthy. But everyone else is just doing it wrong if they don't share Ken Brown's metaphysics. Politics doesn't match my vision of politics in terms of the mechanisms and methods, then your goals and your purposes are working off a false reality. It would be like uh, if you're dating a girl who's cheating on you and I say, hey, man, what are you doing here? You know, your girlfriend's cheating on you. You should probably break up with her. Your goal, your purpose, it should be to break up with her because she's cheating on you. 
and you're just in denial. You say, no, she's not. No, she's not. She's loyal. And I'm like, bro, I got receipts. Say, no, 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 I don't want to see that. You're a bad friend. You, you know, this is how I feel like I'm talking to the audience sometimes is I'm laying out. I'm like, okay, there's all these grifters. Yeah. Why do you think you feel that? Because interacting with reality must be incredibly painful for you. It must be incredibly disturbing for you to interact with reality. And so you have to create a cartoon version of reality. You have to make up all sorts of ideas and comments and commentaries that nobody, nobody would ever say. There's narcissistic people, people who are attention seekers, political pornographers. Yeah, people who don't share Ken Brown's metaphysical certitudes are mentally ill, right? That's, that's the foundation of his worldview. That's how he sees reality. If you don't share my metaphysical certitudes, you're mentally ill. And, and those children who you create and raise and love ha has no meaning if you don't have Ken Brown's purpose and, and metaphysical certitudes. Right? That, that uh, sick parent that you care for, it, it's just pointless if you don't share my metaphysical certitudes. Right, that uh, technological innovation that you're working on that's going to make thousands of lives better. It's totally pointless if you don't share my metaphysics. People who are giving you this, this false view of reality and you're giving them loyalty, you're giving them super chats, you're giving them Patreon subscriptions, you're giving them money and you're giving them attention and you're giving them loyalty and you're swearing. And uh, chat says, even though two thirds of the population is leading a, a normal life, committed to family, home, friends and, and hard work, do they still need a priest or a shaman class? Yes, particularly in modernity, people are incredibly disconnected, all right? In Europe, uh, people will typically live for generations in, in the same basic geographic area, and so they have real ties. They have real communal ties because they're around people they've been around their whole life. But in America, in, in Australia, in, in uh, the Anglo nations, people move a tremendous amount, and so religion is one way of forming a genuine community. And so most people need community and people need comfort, right? The, the, the modern world has been incredibly drained of, of the magical and the mysterious and the transcendent and, and the comforting. And so uh, religion is far more comforting for you and probably more effective form of comfort than, than many alternatives. Now, other people, they have more effective, comfortable alternatives than religion. So I'm not one who proclaims everybody needs to be religious. I think a great number of people get comfort and purpose, you know, additional purpose, and they get community, and they get a lot of good things from, from belonging to, to religion. Wherever I go in the world, there's a Jewish community that I can go join loyalty oaths i swear allegiance you know you're, you're doing all these things you meaning the dissident right and you know the left does this in terms of they, they're more priestly and so they're swearing allegiance more to ideologies and concepts more than particular individuals most of the time and that makes them very cannibalistic in a sense the dissident right is also very cannibalistic but you're doing all this and you're wasting your time because your goals and your purposes are based off of how is swearing an allegiance cannibalistic right if you're a good person then you have an allegiance to a certain way of life. You have an allegiance to a certain community, a certain people. Like, how, how is that being a cannibal? Like, there are people that I love and that I care about, and I have an allegiance to them. D does that mean I really want to eat them alive? 
a false reality. So let's agree on a picture of reality. And if you disagree with my picture of reality, let's have an argument. Let's have a debate. Ask a specific question. But don't just say, oh, you have all... Okay, I'll ask a question. Do you love anyone? Has anyone ever loved you? Do, you? do you know what it's like to have a girlfriend? Do you know what it's like to have friends? Do you know what it's like to live in community? Have you built anything with anyone? Have you created a a, a shared reality with people? Have you joined with people in, say, volunteering to take care of the less fortunate? All the, you have all this theory of how reality is, but you're not telling me what to do with reality. I mean... There aren't many people who are seeking Ken Brown's advice to what to do with reality. Like, who are these people? Like, Ken Brown's a smart guy, but these these questions that, that he claims people are asking, uh, I suspect that uh, no one's really asking any of the questions that he purports to being bombarded with. Doesn't it follow that you could only know what to do like in the ideal perfect sense like if i said what is the perfect goal what is the perfect purpose of life what is the perfect goal what is the perfect purpose of life how will you know what to do right if you've got kids you know what to do you need to look after them right that's that's the normal answer if you've got parents right who are getting old you need to look after them if you've got siblings Ideally, you enjoy spending time with them. If you got friends, you want to spend time with them. Right? If there are people that you love, you want to protect them and you want to spend time with them. And I say something like serving God, and you're like, well, what the heck does that mean? You know, that could mean anything. Are you talking about Judy? Serving God could mean anything. It could mean absolutely anything, right? And when it's disconnected from service to other people, it uh, can particularly go off in any direction whatsoever, right? So Ken Brown's got these metaphysical certitudes about Christianity, but has he ever lived in a Christian community? Like, are, are there people who depend on him to sweep the floor or to cook food or to bring food to, to shut-ins, right? If you have genuine people who are counting on you, then you wouldn't talk this way. If you mattered to some people, right? If people were looking looking to you for real life help, if people were depending on you, you wouldn't need to get lost in these metaphysical matters. Judaism, Islam, Christianity, Platonism. You know what? What do you mean? Who's God? Zoroastrian? What? What are you? What are you a Hindu? What, what do you believe? So all of that is concerning with knowledge. That's the knowledge of what does it mean to serve God. So we have to know the nature of God, and we have to know the nature of the relationship between... We cannot know the nature of God, right? Belief in God is a leap of faith, right? There's no belief in God without a substantial leap of faith, and that is, in large part, non-rational, right? It can't be, it can't be debated. It's just a leap of faith, right? There's no rational basis for debating people's leaps of faith. We cannot know the reality of God. We can believe certain things about God, but that's based on a leap of faith. It, it, it makes no sense to argue over your leap of faith or my leap of faith because there is a huge non-rational component to all these religious leaps of faith. Human beings and God. And if we don't know those things, then we're pretty much lost, aren't we? It, 
if we don't know the nature of God, then we're lost. Well, we can't know the nature of God. I mean, how delusional is this guy thinking that he knows the nature of God? We, we, we have various religious teachers and religious texts which uh, give, give their insights into the nature of God, but to regard these teachers or texts as authoritative requires a substantial non-rational leap of faith. And if you want to go making these non-rational leaps of faith, which I think are great, right? I think a lot of non-rational leaps of faith are fantastic. Whether the non-rational leap of faith is towards religion, towards God, or there are all sorts of other beliefs that are just wonderful to have, even, even though they're non-rational, such as, I am right where I'm supposed to be. Right? That's a wonderful belief to have, that I am right where I am supposed to be. Like if you can go through life with that sense that you are right where you are supposed to be, it's a non-rational belief, but it's a wonderful belief. All sorts of non-rational beliefs serve you, right? I am going to let God demonstrate through me what he can do. That's a wonderful non-rational belief to, to hold, right? That you are God's servant, that, that you're going to manifest the divine. That's a great non-rational belief that will fill you with energy and power and enthusiasm, probably inspire you to do a, a lot of great things. So there are all sorts of, of non-rational beliefs that serve you, but they're, they're not based on you know, metaphysical certitudes. So, you know, you have to understand the nature of God. You have to understand the nature of our relationship with God. You have to understand, therefore, the nature of our reality. And, and if you don't, th then you can't love your children, you can't love your parents, you can't love your friends, you can't volunteer, you can't uh, work on technological developments that will make people's lives better. You have to understand the nature of politics. You have to understand the nature of all these things in order to properly describe your goals and purposes. If you say, you know, I want to be happy, but you don't know the mechanism of how to be happy, then it's kind of a moot point, right? It's kind of... Oh, you don't know the mechanism on how to be happy. Well... Let me, let me try to figure that out here. For most people, they experience happiness loving their children. Most people experience happiness loving their family. Most people experience happiness loving their friends, spending time with their friends, uh, doing work that they find meaningful, or doing work that enables them to provide and protect those they love. Right? There's the mechanism for happiness. Right? The primary mechanism for happiness is loving people and being loved by people, having friends and family. If a waste of time, you've really said nothing, haven't you? Wow, you really said nothing. You're just wasting your time unless you share Ken Brown's certitudes. Like you're holding, you're holding your baby in your arms. You're looking into the eyes of your baby. Your baby is responding to you. But that means absolutely nothing if you don't share Ken Brown's metaphysics. You've really just wasted everybody's time. You've just wasted your time. Right, you've raised seven good children, right? They've become adults, and some of them have had their own children, and you're a grandparent, and your life is filled with your children, your grandchildren, your community. You do fulfilling work. You have various hobbies, but that's all meaningless if you don't share Ken Brown's metaphysical certitudes. If you say, well, I want to have political power so I can... I can be king of America and I can build statues of myself or I want to be, uh, I want to be king of America. So everyone I've never met anyone who wants to be king of America. 
But he just creates these absurd straw men. I'll be happy, or I'm going to be king of America because, because my group, my ethnic group needs to rule over the other ones. You know, whatever you think is your goal or purpose. If you love people, then you don't want the people you love to be wiped out, right? We live in a world of infinite desires, but limited resources. So the best way to ensure the survival of your people is to become as strong as possible. Financially strong, militarily strong. That's the best way to ensure the survival of your people. And and that that just doesn't matter. That that has has no importance to to Ken Brown if you don't have the right metaphysics. And you're saying, well, you're wasting a lot of time on the methods and the reality of politics. You need to focus more on goals and purposes. No, you've got it wrong. You've got it completely wrong. The idea that we're simply going to have a cult around our goals and purposes. I want money. I, I said this in the video. I, I for, for Ken Brown, loving someone is being in a cult. Like normal human connection is some, you know, weird cult-like thing. Literally said this in the video. You don't watch it. You don't you see it's disrespectful. You 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 watch you have porn in one tab, my videos in another tab, you're letting the video play, you're not listening to my words, and you're 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 asking I don't think there are many people who watch Ken Brown videos in one tab and porn in another tab. I'm gonna wager that's pretty rare. I I don't think a lot of people are stroking with one hand to uh, Ken Brown videos. Like just listening to Ken Brown on the audio while watching the porn with the sound off so that they can get two things done at once. I don't think that happens a lot. Questions that are presumptive and disrespectful because you haven't listened to the video. I'm you don't you don't even have a substantial counter. Ah, so if if people differ from Ken Brown, not only are they mentally ill, that they differ. That just shows they didn't listen to him because if you listen to Ken Brown, then you would have no choice but to agree with him because he is the metaphysical master. He is the ascendant master among us. All hail Ken Brown. Argument. You're not saying anything that disputes anything I put forward. You're <laughs> he reminds me more and more of Nick Fuentes. It's, it's like concern trolling. And, you know, a lot of people do this. And I think a lot of people do it accidentally. I think there are people who don't do it maliciously. I think there are a lot of people who do it accidentally because they're very much confused and they want to offload this problem of the purpose of life onto me without providing me any information. Like, Is there one single person in the entire universe who wants to offload the purpose of life to, to Ken Brown? The purpose of life is not something that normal healthy people need to concern themselves with because it's obvious. The purpose of life is their family and their friends and their community and their their interests and, and uh, loving and protecting their people, right? It, it just goes without saying for any normal, healthy person. So if you have to ask what is the purpose of life, that means you don't know what it's like to love someone and be loved. Like they want to know what the goal and purpose of their life should be. And I know nothing about them, nothing about their skills. Nothing. Really? Seriously? Is there anyone out there who expects Ken Brown to tell them the purpose of their life, of their individual life. He, he's living in, in a fantasy world. I don't think anybody is out there looking for Ken Brown to give them a bespoke, individualistic, especially suited for them, you know, purpose to their life.
nothing about their disposition, nothing about their character. I know nothing about them individually. And they have this idea that I should come up with some kind of universal goal or purpose that we should all be universally working together in the same group, in the same self-conception, the same political... Someone asked him what he would do if he had resources, if he had power. And then he just goes off on this, you know, bizarre and, uh, you know, entertaining and revelatory rant, which is entirely disconnected from this innocent question that he was asked. ...movement, and that's absurd. There are a lot of people in my audience who are completely opposed to me and want nothing to do with me in a very real sense. And, and me trying to convince those people that... Uh, people who oppose you and want nothing to do with you in, in a very real sense, uh, r really? I, I think... I think people notice that you're a smart guy and that you sometimes say some really funny and insightful things. And you also say a lot of nonsense. Uh, people laugh at you, Ken. I'm sorry. Uh, people appreciate you and people laugh at you and people are entertained by you. But no one's upset by you. I've never encountered anyone who's hurt, angry, upset by this kid filled with metaphysical certitude. It would be like you know, getting angry at the ranting homeless man who is absolutely convinced that the Illuminati run the world or that you know lizard people have taken over our civilization. You don't hate people who you regard as below you. Nobody envies Ken Brown's life. Nobody wishes, oh, I wish I had Ken Brown's life. Right? No one thinks, oh, wow, you know, Ken Brown's up here. You know, I've got him on a pedestal. You know, gosh, if I could just live like him. No, I've never heard anyone who hates Ken Brown. Because to hate Ken Brown would have to mean that he's some kind of threat or that, you know, he's, he's embodying something that, that's going to hurt you. But Ken Brown's not going to hurt anyone. He's, he's a kid with a ridiculous certitude and who is unable to engage honestly with other people's ideas, but, you know, needs to live within his own uh, metaphysical constructions where he is the ascendant master and the hero. Uh, Ken, people enjoy you, right? People laugh with you. People laugh at you, but nobody's angry at you. Nobody's upset with you. Nobody hates you. You're an entertaining YouTuber with some funny things to say. That we're really on the same team would be a waste of my time. So I think that I can be harsh and I can be cruel, but... At... You're being harsh and cruel to yourself. Nobody else is hurt by your purported harshness and cruelty to them because all the other people who you are rejoining, you know, all, all the, the people that you've created in this stream are saying certain things, none of them exist. They're all completely disconnected from reality because apparently dealing with the reality of people and dealing with the reality of you know, opposing or supplementing points of view is too disturbing for you. So you have to live in this imaginary world at some point, these questions come up over and over again. And so I'm not attacking the individual who asked the question. I, I'm attacking the spirit that I interpret 
which is which is uh, inhabiting and possessing the commentariat that that my YouTube comment section is being haunted by demons who fly through your phone screen, uh, your computer screen, and they reach out and they possess you, and they they make you type stupid YouTube comments. But I I, I would love to talk more about this. I mean, so. When we, when we talk about what is the goal and purpose of life, serving God, okay, what does it mean to serve God? What's the nature of God? What's the nature of the relationship? That's theology. That's religion. That's something that people have been writing, you know, thousands of pages about for thousands of years. And so for me to encapsulate that in a single video, it's like, do you even believe in God, bro? Like, it's going to be a waste of time for me to talk about goals and purposes if you don't even believe in God. If you just... just right. So how could anyone ever have a goal or a purpose, such as loving their children and caring about their friends? unless they have a particular theology. I disagree with the, the, you know, the initial premise. So there's so much here. There's so much to unpack. I mean, it would be like, you know, you talk a lot about, it's like, it's like I would have a, a channel about gardening. It's like, well, you talk a lot about gardening, but you know, do you even have a political theory or, or whatever? It's like, but it's even bigger than that because, because a lot of the things I say, I try to keep the applicability very wide. I, I'm trying not to, I mean, I know in a sense by responding and attacking the dissident right, two things happen. One thing is that because I, I, I don't use the language of... If you weren't responding or critiquing or discussing the dissident right, and I can say the same thing is absolutely applicable to me. When we engage with the dissident right, we get triple, 10 times, 20 times, 50 times the number of views that we'd get if we simply streamed about metaphysics, right? Uh, Ken Brown, you would have 5% of your audience if you weren't constantly engaging with the distant right. right? Very few people would tune in to listen to you talk about metaphysics because you really don't know very much. But when in a land where there is no king, you know, you can be the king, right? Normal, healthy people don't want to talk about the distant right. And so those eccentrics such as myself and such as yourself, we get to grab an audience considerably bigger than what our own natural talents would otherwise allot us if we talk about a topic that is incredibly underserved, right? Normal people, normal journalists, normal commentators, normal pundits don't talk about the distant right. So we get the devil's playground. We get viewers and we get a community and we get an outside level of attention and reaction because we're talking about something that normal healthy people the, the mainstream won't talk about if ken brown if you just talked about metaphysics if you stopped talking about the distant right you'd have five percent of your audience right when i do blood sports i can get a thousand live viewers if i want to talk about the politics of expertise i'll get about 10 live viewers right the choice is mine right i can do streams with hundreds and hundreds of live viewers that are often trashy, or I can do an elevated stream about complex ideas, and I can have 5, 10, 15 live viewers. Right? That's the nature of reality. Every intellectual magazine has to be subsidized. Right? National Review, New Republic, they cannot survive on their own. So you want to talk deep, meaningful ideas, and you're going to separate that from your commentary on the distant right, you'd get five views, you'd get 50 views. You wouldn't get videos with hundreds of views. The primary reason you get a community, the primary reason people watch you is because you have an entertaining critique of the distant right. Without that, 
your words, like my words, would be heard by almost nobody, right? Ken Brown and I and and other people who talk about the distant right in their live streams, we we get an audience far in excess of what we actually deserve, far in excess of our real talents. And so we could be deceived that like, oh, you know, we're some really important social commentator, but we're dealing in the devil's playground where normal healthy people won't touch the topic. So we get a distorted view of our own importance and our own abilities. Um, I'm trying to think of like the most offensive. I'm not using the language of Bernie Sanders or something. I'm not using the language of Barack Obama because I don't think it's effective. I think if you want to reach people where they are, um, you, you have to use their language. You have to use, you have to make references to things that they find familiar. You have to be able to pronounce their shibboleths and you can't, uh, you can't impose a foreign language on them that they reject in this tribalistic sense. And so you kind of have to speak in their terms. And because of this kind of like tribalistic thinking people engage in, they presume that if you speak a certain language, if you use a particular political vocabulary. So tribalistic meaning that you love your people, right? That you love people, that uh, you, you appreciate your family and your extended family, right? That's all it means to be tribalistic, that you have an in-group, you're a normal, natural, healthy human being. Then you implicitly have to agree with the goals and assumptions and, um, and purposes of that subculture, which is a reasonable stereotype, but I'm not a stereotypical guy, okay? I'm not like... Uh, tribes and subcultures don't, don't need you to affirm any you know, ontological or metaphysical or political opinion. As long as you're not actively working against the interests of your group, they don't really care. Do you think Orthodox Jews really give a damn about my live streams? No, they don't give a damn about my live streams because my live streams are not actively working against their interests. And if they want to take in a live stream, they'll take in a live stream by people who are far smarter than I am, people who are far more educated than I am, people who are far more accomplished than I am, people who are better read than I am, like people with more credentials than I have, that's where they'll go. Like the others, I'm built different. And I can use vocabulary and I can speak and I can code switch into dissident right speak. And I can talk to those people and I understand all their memes and I understand all their history. And I want to go, I want to go to a comment. I want to go to a comment by Claire. And Claire says, I haven't gotten into the video yet, but I think the reason people think you're right-wing is because you have seriously absorbed and considered it instead of being emotionally reactionary against it. You ultimately say no to it from a place of understanding, but folks misconstrue understanding with agreeing. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Claire. Perfect comment. Perfect way to... I yeah, yeah, it's a flattering, flattering comment. So Claire must be right. I would say end the video. I mean, listen, I'm sad. I'm heartbroken that I cannot give you an entire theology in a 40 minute video. Like I can't totally encapsulate and, and people will say like Christians. Well, what kind of person is sad that he can't give you an entire theology in a 40 minute video? Like what type of person is heartbroken about that? Uh, only someone with, with delusions. Uh... For example, or even Muslims or whoever, They'll say, well, I can do that very easily. All you have to do is believe in Jesus. And, and well, what does that mean? Well, how, who is Jesus? Where do I learn more about this Jesus guy? Well, you can read the Bible. Well, the Bible's a pretty big series of books. It's like 66 books or 62, whatever, Protestant. I don't know, there's different canons. But it's over 60 books. And you're telling me it's simple? You're telling me it's simple? You're telling me there's no depth to it? You're telling me it's just the superficial, oh, just say the name of Jesus and say, I believe in Jesus, and that's it. Well, I don't even know who he is. What's the metaphysics behind this? Well, 
guess what? There's there are simple versions of Plato and Aristotle, and there are simple versions of you know biblical perspectives and, and beliefs about religion. So yeah, you can you can boil down Christianity so that a little child can understand it. You can you can uh, boil down aspects of Judaism so that a little child can understand it. Right? There are different levels for different levels of IQ. Right? There are different levels of religion. There are different levels of understanding of a text depending on someone's intellectual capability. This Christian thing. Um, there's so much pregnant in there. There's so much implicit in there to then turn to me and say, well, you should have a full synopsis of all your goals and purposes. Nobody says that. Who are these you know, fake personas that, that he keeps inventing? Nobody ever has ever said this to Kim Brown. In a, in a quick little 40-minute video, it's like we could spend a lifetime on that. I mean, literally, that is the purpose of our lives is to spend as much time on... Look, if you have something serious intellectual to, to say, you write it up, right? You, you publish it in a book or an essay or at least in a thoughtful blog post. No one's looking for theological or metaphysical profundity in a live stream. A live stream may have elements of that. It can touch on it. But if you really want you know, intellectual fiber, you got to read the written word. Possible refining and being clear about our goals and purposes. Now, also, there's time for action as well. But, you know, you, again, you, you could spend a lifetime subdividing goals and purposes into smaller goals and purposes. And I think this is... I think Kino Casino needs to start adding some commentary to Ken Brown videos. I mean, they've done such a great job with, with Nick Fuentes. I'd like to see what they do with Ken Brown. This is what really successful people do, is they take really big things that they want in life and they subdivide it into little goals and purposes. And, and down to the, okay, what, what, is, what are the 12 things I want to get done today? I've got 12 hours in the day, approximately. I'm going to subdivide the day into little chunks and I'm going to get all the things done. You know what really successful people do? They love other people. They get along with other people. They get energy from other people. How do you get energy from other people? You create a shared reality with other people. Let's say you're a CEO and you walk in the door and you create a small shared reality with the receptionist. You say, hi, Veronica. You, know, you look happy today. Or, hi, Veronica. Is everything okay? Or hi, Veronica. How's your, you know, how's Sean? Right? You create a shared reality with Veronica, the receptionist. And then you walk down the hallway and you see a manager. You say, Jim, you know, we've, we've got to go to lunch. And then you see your assistant and you say, you know, Jack, man, I really need your help today. And I'm so grateful for that, that report that you, you did for me last week. And you go into a meeting and you create a shared reality with people in a meeting. That's how people get pumped up. That's how people get things done because they, they are constantly being filled up with the energy that comes from being on the same page with other people, from creating a shared reality with other people, from getting rhythmically entrained with other people, right? Through participating intensely in activities with other people. The more intense the participation with other people, the stronger your bond with others, right? That's how people succeed. They have ungodly amounts of energy. It's really, really hard to succeed if you're not high energy. And where do you get energy? Primary source of energy is from getting on the same page with someone else, creating a shared reality, getting into a rhythm with other people. And you know how you don't get into a rhythm with other people? You know how you 
destroy any possibility of getting energy from other people. And that is denying their reality, reality of the things they say, reality of who they are. And everything that Ken Brown has said in this video shows he's completely disconnected from other people. There's not one person, there's not be, been one comment that he claims he, he hears from people that is true to life. These, the, these people that he's referring to in this video don't exist anywhere in the universe. And when you're unable to assimilate the reality of others, when you're completely incapable of getting on the same page with other people, when you're, you're not caring enough about others to interact with them as they are, you're not going to succeed, even if you come up with the 12 things that you need to do today. I think that's what successful people do. I think what unsuccessful people do is they're very confused about their goals and purposes, and they merely... No, what unsuccessful people do is that they're very confused about the reality of other people, and they're unable to get on the same page with others and they're unable to connect with others. They're unable to love other people. They're unable to receive love, right? People make bids for our attention, right? And let's say they ask you out to lunch or let's say, you know, Hey, Luke, you know, how's it going, man? What, what's new? If someone makes a bid for my attention once, twice, and I blow them off, they're not likely to make a third time, right? People make bids for our attention, and if we ignore those bids, then they're not going to try anymore, right? There, there may well be, if you exhibit this, this Ken Brown attitude towards people at work, towards people at the stamp club, towards people at the gym, towards people at church, all these people are just done with him. They're not going to make any more bids for his attention because he is so oblivious to what normal human connection is all about, right? You blow people off. Like someone asks you a question and you just blow them off or someone invites you to participate in something and you ignore them, then no one's going to want to do anything with you. And you're not going to be successful and you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be effective. You're not going to be a good representative for your point of view and for your metaphysics and for your religion. And you're, not going to, you're not going to bring people to Christ. You're not going to bring people to salvation. You're not going to shift people politically. You're not going to help anyone because everyone will think you're a jerk. And they'd be right. Sit around critiquing other people's goals and purposes. I don't critique people's goals and purposes very much. I, oh, I... no, 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 you don't do that, Ken. Oh, no. I critique people's methods. I critique people's vision of reality. But look, if you want to be the best, you know, rodeo cowboy that you can be, I'm not going to critique that goal or purpose. It's not really my place to critique that goal or purpose, you, you know? If that's in your heart, but you feel you must do, look, the world needs rodeo, uh, rodeo cowboys. Whatever you, whatever floats your boat, man. You know, if you want to make a lot of money, hey, there's, there's rich people. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Ken. Really appreciate it. That's it. Bye-bye.